I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the US, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Isaac Paleo here with us on the mic. Isaac is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to use algorithms to your advantage I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what he has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Isaac Palayo, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Isaac Palayo's work combines the hyper-realism he was known for with elements of street art. His works come from both the loving intellectual and the defiant rebel. Palayo's work has graced multiple publications such as LA Weekly, Hypebeast, Inked Mag, Business Insider, and even landing the cover of the Latino Heritage Month calendar and cultural guide. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Isaac. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, before we dive into it, Isaac, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Ooh, pretty early on. The very first drawing I'd ever created, I was I was about two years old. It was a smiley face on a large sheet of uh, newsprint paper, uh, sketch paper, and it was done with a Sharpie. That's the earliest memory that I have ever being involved in art or having any interest in art. Uh, I actually have that sketch or that that doodle today uh, framed up. That is amazing. And I, I love that some of the, the pieces that you have kind of have this very sketch-like smiley face on it. So it's uh, a, a nice little tribute back to that. So that's amazing. As I'm referring to this, everyone listening, if you don't already know Isaac's work, definitely make sure to go and look it up online as you're listening to this. So you have that visual. It's incredible. Uh, and, and I think that you'll enjoy looking at it while you listen to him talk about it. But, uh, but thank you so much for that story, Isaac. Uh, so Isaac, my first question, just like many other artists in 2020, you shifted your focus. Can you tell us more about what you are currently painting and creating? Yeah, during 2020, I was creating work that is very different from the work that I'm creating today. The work that I'm creating today was discovered by accident. 
um, I, I had never really put forth the groundwork to work up to this work. It, it just sort of happened one day and I ran with it. Um, my work, for those who are unfamiliar, is normally quite realistic and reminiscent of classical portraiture. You know, portraits was something that I was very uh, keen on, on, on mastering. During uh, the pandemic last year, I developed this body of work that is still reminiscent of classical portraiture, but it's a big mixture of street art and pop art and expressionism based on my influence on street art, graffiti, pop art, uh, impressionism, mostly mostly street art. Um, but it's, it's, it's got elements of a little bit of everything. That shift... Uh, came like I said, but it, it came by, it, by accident. Um, I had no plans of it. I was creating work under pressure and under frustration one day, and it, the work sort of developed uh, by fluke, and I ran with it, which has been wildly successful. Coming into twenty twenty one, you know, the work is I I kind of describe the new work as street baroque, which is taking baroquial imagery. And combining it or putting a, a a street art expressionist twist on it, for me the work I think if it, you know I, I wish I can come up with a, a better story behind you know the meaning behind the work, but I think it's it's honestly at the core of it just me being me. Um, I think that it's a perfect representation of who I am. You know I'm a very parochial poetic renaissance type person but I also grew up in LA around street art so there's a part of me that's very defiant there's a part of me that's a rebel there's a part of me that's you know very rebellious you know destructive so I think the the new work is is really a mirror of who I am today just combining all of the the influences that I've that I've had over you know the span of 25 years I'm 25 years old uh, this year so yeah, it's just a combination of all of all the things that I've, I've I've been influenced by, and I think I'm now finding the right way to approach this new work. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out all the gears, and and trying to navigate it was tough in the beginning, but I think I have a decent hand on it now. So I'm excited where it goes. You could see all this work on my social media. So if if anybody's interested, they can see the old work that I was creating before this, and and catch up to the new work that I'm creating now. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll make sure to include a link to your Instagram uh, in the show notes of this podcast. Because I, as you were talking, I actually went on your Instagram and I scrolled all the way back and saw the the original paintings that you were talking about, which are very hyper-realistic. They're, that's the main focus is that they're just these very classically painted portraits of contemporary figures. But now it's this really cool combination of hyper realistic painting mixed with this very textural street art on top of it. Um, and I, I love the two combined. You get this kind of like very poetic, very romantic feeling to it, but also this kind of rebellious, just little less serious uh, layer on top of it too. And it's, it's really cool. So anyone again, listening to this, make sure you're also looking at this while we're talking about it, because it gives so much more context to what we're talking about. Now, the next question I have for you. So you are a six-figure artist and you do most of your work on Instagram. So I'm sure a lot of artists would love to know, how did you accumulate such a big following so quickly? Well, 
Um, I, I think that's a little misleading. I, my work is widely exhibited via Instagram, but I'm, I'm an exhibiting artist. Um, I've been exhibiting my work since I was nearly 10 years old. Uh, so about 15 years of, of exhibiting in galleries, museums, uh, all over the country, uh, internationally. Um, I've sold my work in various galleries and, and fairs and, and uh, such, such things of that nature. But Instagram has uh, allowed me to exhibit my work on a social media platform in substitution of a website. I didn't have a website for so long, so I needed a, a place to uh, share this work digitally for those who are digitally and social medially, if I can say that, inclined. So it, it allowed me to exhibit my work uh, without having a website. And then it quickly became a tool to engage with people across and across, you know, the country, uh, worldwide and internationally. It's allowed me to reach people without having to actually be there. Yeah. And in recent, in recent days, I've been fortunate enough to be able to create a living off my work via social media direct to the collector without without any middleman without any uh, dealer or, or gallerist or, or advisor or manager it's just been me and the collector you know typically when I post work I will get there oftentimes there's quite a bit of people who will inquire the work and it's as simple as as a digital transaction and and shipping out the piece to wherever the collector is. Uh, the, the Instagram's algorithm has been a challenging obstacle uh, at the start of Instagram. You know, I've been on Instagram since I think 2012 and I had really no following up until the beginning of, of 2020. I think my work took a turn when I started to uh, produce this work. Uh, I mean, I, I, honestly, there really is no formula to gaining a following or reaching um you know collectors and consumers there's it's everybody has their own routine and for me my formula has just been creating more work better work uh, engaging with the people who are reaching out to me engaging with my followers engaging with the people who are curious about my work and and just being present and applying myself to the platform that's allowed me to maintain my followers and and maintain my viewers and the people who are interested in seeing my my work on a daily basis you know i do a lot of other things that attracts you know people who want to follow what it is that i'm doing you know i do tattoos i do music acting modeling clothing i was an animator at disney for almost five years so you know with the slew of other creative endeavors in which I've partaken in over the last few years, they, that's also allowed me to attract people otherwise. I, I, there's probably a good mix of, of people who are interested in my tattoos alongside people who are interested in seeing my art and my music and, and all that good stuff. It's been a process. And I think for anybody who is curious on navigating uh, social media, I think there's a lot of ways, a lot of tools that uh, one can do to create a following, uh, um, you know, paid promotions, hiring a team to manage 
one's account you know some people are just better at engaging with other accounts and 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 people um there's you know camp there's people there's teams out there who can create campaigns to help those who are whatever they might they might do whatever their business is whether they're an entrepreneur or or of some or something that they're you know they want to be they want to share with people there's there's teams out there that can create campaigns that'll better engage with with like minded accounts or people who are interested in following accounts such as that. So there's there's multiple ways to go about it. For me personally, my formula has just been creating better work, creating more work, being being present, trying to respond to everybody and and just working hard. I mean, you know, there's a lot of pages that would share my work and that's allowed me to get my work on out to more people and on bigger, bigger platforms. So it's, it's, it's a multitude of things that have contributed to my following and my uh, recent success with my finer. Yeah, that, that definitely all makes sense. And something I really like that you, you brought up is that there, there isn't really this, this one secret formula to having Instagram or social media or anything really just be instantaneously successful. I mean, ultimately you're still putting in the work like part of your formula for Instagram is just making higher quality work. And you can tell that by like how you've progressed so quickly and and kind of landed on this, this new style that really resonates with people is that, I mean, the work itself is the reason that you've built the following, not from some kind of the equivalent of like a get rich quick scheme. It's like, there's no like, you know, get a ton of followers quick scheme that is going to actually give you those quality followers who you actually want to have. So instead of just thinking, okay, what can I do to just suddenly have thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, really just just taking it from this authentic approach is, is ultimately work, what worked best for you. So I think that's that's really great. And I think that every artist listening should kind of take that as, as a cue if, you know, they're using the tools that are at their disposal on Instagram and they still aren't seeing those results that they're they're wanting to see then maybe that's a challenge to think about what it is that people want to be seeing what they want to be buying and and adapting their work or or you know evolving their work to reflect that better so i, I think that you said that really well Isaac so we are going to come back uh, right after a quick message from our sponsors and Isaac is going to tell you more about what you want to know about his process and so much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. 
So Isaac, you were covered in LA Weekly by uh, Shana Nis uh, Dambro, who was another guest actually that we had on the podcast. She asked you about the music that you listen to while you work. So my question for you is, how does music influence your art? And is it a good tool for getting out of your head, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, first of all, it's an amazing tool. It certainly coincides with my work. I've, I've tried to work in silence. And I realize that my thoughts are just too loud to do so. Um, I've always listened to music. I, I mean, I do music. So music is a big part of, you know, a daily routine. It's, it's man, uh, I, I couldn't even imagine going a day without listening to music. And I listen to an array of genres. You know, I listen to everything from classical to uh, hip hop to rock and roll to jazz to, you know, I mean, I mean, there, there. I couldn't really say there's a genre that I don't listen much to. You know, I, country may be the least uh, genre you know that I listen to, but oftentimes my go-to is classical music. I listen to uh, a, a ton of classical numbers. Uh, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Um, I do hip hop, so you know that really helps me find uh, my motivation. And, and I think it depends on what I'm working on. My, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is much of a secret or, or, or some, but this is certainly some insight on my process of creating art. If I'm creating a piece that's very reminiscent of classical iconography or 14th, 15th century Renaissance Italy, you know, I, I, I may start off working with having classical, you know, music playing in the background to, to put me in that sort of mind, mindset. I, I guess I, I I approach paintings like a method actor. I tend to prepare myself and fall into character before I jump into a painting. I, I you know obviously naturally I, I I can jump into a painting at any given moment, but for me I love when I can fall into a character and fall into a mood and and be very taken by it, uh, submerged into it completely, to where I don't feel much like myself, whereas I, I, I would rather feel like I'm in that time or in that place or, you know, just I, I would just I'm just feeling the moment. And when I start to change the work into the more street art stuff, I may switch up the music to something a little more street, you know, maybe some 90s boom bap, you know, something that puts me in that and that and that that mood so that I can directly pull inspiration from that whatever it is that I'm listening to and put it into a visual on canvas. So music definitely plays a role in in how I approach paintings and I love listening to music when I paint because it allows me to like I said jump into character and I feel like I have to jump into character to create these paintings. If I'm painting directly out of my silence, I find that my work is too, there's too much going on because I have so many thoughts happening at once. It's, it's like a kid with ADD and, you know, I'm painting a million things at once and it and just becomes sort of messy and, and there, there's no feeling to it. I feel as though when I listen to music, I can transfer those, those sounds and those instruments into a visual that people can can hear when they see. Have you ever looked at a painting and heard music or heard a song and saw a visual like a painting? So 
that's oftentimes what I try to achieve. I try to, I try to achieve a sonic element to the visuals of my work and create a, you know, a visual to the, the, the music that I'm listening to. So I think, I think that's, that's, that's how I, I use music in my art. And I think you can really see that in your art too, where, you know, there's from, from, my perspective, there's certain pieces where I see a little bit more of that like classical inspiration and then some where kind of the the hip hop side of it is kind of taking the center stage. And then there's, uh, and then there's kind of more of just like a a 50, 50 balance. And I think it's really cool as you're talking, I can totally see where the music is, is influencing your work. We talk a lot on the podcast about with the different guests that we've had about kind of the the art of creativity itself. And I think that what you're saying ties in so nicely with that, where to just kind of jump down and, and start making work immediately. Of course, technically you can do that. It's not like without music, you don't know how to paint. You do still know how to, how to make art without it, but it's, it's part of what makes the final piece is, being in the right mindset. And for you, that's, you know, the music is is so important for some people. It's, you know, meditating first, or it's, for me, I like lighting a candle before I start making art. So, you know, it's whatever it is, just making sure that you're in the best mindset possible, um, because that's going to get those creative juices flowing. And also, it's, it's going to make the final piece, sometimes radically different, but definitely at least slightly different. It's, it's going to make it the the way that you want it to to look ultimately just being in that right mindset. Cool. And so speaking of kind of this classical versus hip hop, um, Isaac, so your work has been collected by uh, rapper Westside Gun. He's an avid collector of yours. How has he helped you sell more paintings elsewhere? How is how has him as one of your collectors helped your career overall? Well, he Westside has an incredible following. His fans are extremely tuned in to what he's doing uh, creatively and artistically. And I think he's he's shining so much light on artists and what it is to collect art. I mean, he loves art. You know, it, his house is filled with with work of multiple artists. You know, I'm just one of many that he collects. And I think that working with Westside... It's an it's an interesting aspect to everything that I have going on. Actually, you know, uh, I think that his his fans are so tuned in with his music, and he's a great curator. You know, he's got these great ideas for visuals, and and I and I really don't think that any of those those paintings or any of the work that I've created for him for his album covers or for any projects that he has. I don't think that. I had much to do with them. You know, I feel as though I'm just a vehicle. Uh, he's he's the driving force behind it. You know, I'm I'm just I'm just the person who who's able to create this translation visual. You know, from from his from what he's imagining, and um, his fans really don't see the hear the music without seeing the art that goes with it. So I think that's you know such. It kind of reflects back to the whole music and art thing. You know, his fans, when they listen to his music, they they think about the artwork that I've created for it. They talk about it all the time. You know, they tell me, oh, my God, like, this shit is crazy. Like, it goes with it. Like, it's it goes hand in hand, which is 
pretty insane. And, and when they look at the, the paintings, they hear his music. So it's almost as if the, the artwork that coincides with the music is, is a perfect visual representation of the song. So, you know, I think that's, um, his fans have really resonated with that. And they, you know, they, they, they want to become collectors themselves. So it, him being a part of, you know, my work has driven his fan base to seek collecting art. And, and I mean, you know, it, it's no brainer that they would want to collect my work because, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm one of the artists that he, he works with to create these visuals for the music that they, they love so much. So it, it, he's allowed me to put my work on, he's helped me put my work on bigger platforms, you know, bigger publications like, like Business Insider and Hypebeast and Complex and Rolling Stone and Hip Hop DX and, and Revolt TV, all these different uh, publications uh, that revolve around music. You know, these people love the music so much and they love the artwork that they want to collect. So it's just put my work in a whole different lane of collectors. It's just interesting how that that sort of happened, you know, on its own. I, I, I didn't intend on that. I didn't expect that. I didn't plan that. That I, I thought working with Westside, I was just creating work for him, and you know that was that. You know that would be the end of it. I didn't realize that it would it would plug in my my work in a different network of people who are interested in collecting the artwork and building a collection. You know something to leave behind for their kids or or something that they can collect over the years and be proud of, and, and something that they cherish and love. So, you know, they have the vinyls sitting right next to the original artwork or, you know, at least a print of the artwork. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. But, you know, he's he's just one of many reasons that, you know, the work has what's the word? You know, it's a demand. People, you know, people have come from all over all over the place. You know, people have seen the interviews that I've done and, and the publications and but he's definitely been a big part of, you know, the collector base, especially in recent days, you know, it's, it's incredible. The, the inspiration that he's had on so many people collecting work and, and even doing art, you know, so that that's his role in, in, uh, in my uh, recent success. Well, I, I think that's amazing. And I love what you mentioned about how not only is he collecting your art, but he's, exposing your art to new avenues that are not necessarily directly art related. I mean, a lot of artists, they are thinking, oh, how do I get into XYZ art publication? And definitely there's no reason that you you don't want to be on something like Artnet, but also thinking beyond that, thinking about, you know, whether it's uh, lifestyle publications, uh, music publications like this, like thinking about like how else can you get your work in front of people who might be interested in buying it because it might not necessarily be uh, a direct connection with it just being uh, art related. Like you, you might be able to be really building your art career through these non-art publications or, or avenues as well. So I think that that's a really interesting point, but that's that's so cool that um, you've been able to work directly with Westside and kind of bring his vision, his idea to life, kind of like, like you mentioned, and translate his idea into the visual that connects so directly with the album. So I, I think that's amazing. Right. I mean, you know, of course, as an artist, I'd love to be on 
publications like Art Forum, Art in America, Art News, and Artnet and Artsy and Juxtapose. You know, those are the those are the head honchos in the art publication game. But you know, he's allowed me to create a whole new collector base being publicized and, and these other publications that have nothing to do with with fine art but still have the viewers who are appreciative of you know the fine art culture so yeah no I, absolutely and I, I I think that I think that there's there's totally merit to both I I think that uh, I, I think both are are very valid avenues to be to be showing your work it's funny because someone who is is looking at art on an art publication, yes, you know, there's, there's definitely a high chance that they're an art collector or someone interested in in buying art. But someone who's, you know, very in tune with the music industry, or, you know, like home improvement, like, you know, architectural digest, something like that. Like, those are also places where people are, when they discover an artist that they like, they're going to consider buying them. So I I think it's, it makes just as much sense uh, to be on those as well. Isaac, this has been such an amazing conversation. Let, let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners up uh, with one more question. What should our listeners do right now to start revving up their careers in a big way? First of all, understand the the industry in which that they want to be in. This is a very tough industry to be in. It's it's very it's cutthroat. It's a very dog eat dog industry. And as long as they're willing to to study long as they're willing to continuously learn and be open to new ideas and take risks and put themselves out there and and don't be afraid you know there's a lot of artists who are afraid to put their work out there because they don't want to be copied i think that's a very adolescent amateur thought to have you know art has been copied for you know centuries i don't really think that there's any original art anymore I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff that haven't been done before, but everything that is happening today is just an iteration of something that's already taken place. It's just, you know, there's better forms of it. There's always improvements on something. I I didn't create anything. I'm just, I'm taking from what, uh, you know, I've been inspired by and, and, and putting my own twist on it. But, you know, as long as people are willing to, to take risks and put their work out there without, without any fear be engaging, start small, work the way up and and be patient and I, they 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 may have a bright future. It's very tough this industry, but I think that um success in it is very possible to those who are truly hungry for it and not focused on all the other dumb shit. You know, there's a lot if I can say that, sorry. A lot of people are focused on, you know, they think being an artist is 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 easy. It's, you know, it's easy to to throw some paint on a canvas and make millions of dollars. Sometimes it's not always about making the money. It's actually never about making the money. You know, the money I, I was working full-time uh, jobs, nine to fives, you know, up until recently, only because I realized that I'd rather focus on my art. But prior to that, you know, I, I would be making art if I was making nothing on it. You know, I love doing what I do and I love creating work and being creative and, and, this is the only way that I can truly express myself. It's the only way that I could release the tension that I feel on a daily basis. I mean, this is like art is like the cure to, to, to depression. It's like laughter. You know, I think, I think art and laughter is, is the best cure for anything. So I do this out of strictly love and, 
and all the rest is just a plus and I don't worry about anything else. I don't care about what anybody thinks about my work. I don't care about what happens to it. I just, I just want to create and that's it. And I think if, if any aspiring artist is focused on just creating and loving it, then, then, you know, they may have a bright future. Do it for, for the simple love of it, but, you know, focus on getting better, better than yourself. Don't worry about being better than any other artists around you because everybody's path is different and you know you're setting the bar your own bar you know if, if you're better than anybody else and then you've already you know there there is no bar to set again i think with that a uh, bit of insight people can can take that and run with it like a baton yeah no I, th- I think that ties really nicely to your response to the first question about just like your approach and your strategy for instagram is just like the first thing here is to make sure that you're being authentic and that you're making work because you love it, not because you're trying to make money. And so it, all of that will will follow because you're making art that you love and, and you're making it because you love making art. So I, I think that's just a, a really, uh, really poignant way to, to end, end the podcast, Isaac. To all of you artists um, out there who are listening, Isaac has been here with us today sharing his amazing perspective. Uh, you're going to want to go back and listen to this podcast again and all the rest of our podcast episodes, um, which you can do so at superfine.world. Uh, to connect with Isaac, you can follow him at Isaac Palayo on Instagram and also visit isaacpalayo.com. Again, those will be in the show notes. As always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share when you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. Uh, And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other artists, entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Uh, The quote is by Tupac, and the quote is, if you can make it through the night, there is a brighter day. Isaac, It's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Yeah.